from themillennialmarketplace.com, this is the Wi-Fi Work Ethic Podcast, hosted by me, Haley Alicia. During this show, you will hear business trends and news, interviews with awesome entrepreneurs, and learn success mindset practices. This podcast was created with the goal of sharing how you can create your dream life with two things, a Wi-Fi connection and work ethic. If you are obsessed with all things online business and entrepreneurship and how the internet has changed the definition of success like I am, this show is for you. Find this show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and at themillennialmarketplace.com. All right, let's get started. Wi-Fi Work Ethic Wednesday. Yay! I'm so happy that it's Wednesday again and I get to talk to all of you amazing people. There's no interview this week. Boo, I know. And there's probably not going to be one next week unless something miraculous happens. But looking at my schedule, we're not going to have the interviews going again for a couple weeks. Don't worry, I have some awesome people in the works. Just, you know, scheduling sometimes doesn't work out. But it's fine. It's fine because I will talk to them soon and then you will hear our conversation and it'll be awesome. But today I am going to read an article from entrepreneur.com. So if you hear some clicking, that is what is going on because I'm reading it from my computer. So without further ado, I always say that I need to think of something better to say, but it's just a great transition, you know. Um, anyway, I'm going to be talking about books in this episode, so if you're interested in books, keep on listening, and if you're not interested in books, keep on listening anyways, and maybe you'll get some ideas. Um, I personally don't read too much, but I listen to books on Audible, and it has been the most amazing thing, because I always felt kind of guilty for not being a reader, but in all honesty, in all honesty, I legit fall asleep every time I try to read for pleasure and not just read for pleasure but when I'd have to read for like in college when I had to read textbooks don't even get me started on that because if I fall asleep reading something interesting you can only imagine how reading boring material went but these all seem like awesome books and so how this article is set up is it says like the topic of the book and then it gives a little blurb of the book, the person who recommended it, and then where that person works, and then a little bit about the book. So there's 30 of these total, and that's all I'm really going to talk about in this episode, so I hope you enjoy it. Let me know if you pick up any of these books or download any of the audio versions on Audible. I love Audible. Um, So if you haven't tried it, definitely try it out. Anyway, um, I was going to say without further ado again, but all right, I'm just going to start reading the article now. Okay. (laughs) Okay, this article can be found on entrepreneur.com, and of course you can find a link to it in the show notes. It is called 30 Successful Entrepreneurs Reveal Books, Reveal the Books That Changed Their Lives. These founders tell us about the books that influenced their way of thinking about life and work. So, the first topic is on giving back. 
and the person's name who recommended this first book. His name is Gavin Armstrong, and his company is Lucky Iron Fish, and his book is Conscious Capitalism, Liberating the Heroic Spirit of Business Book by John Mackey and Regenda, Regendra Sisodia. Regenda Sisodia. That's an awesome name. It raises interesting questions about how the private sector should be spending their money and how they should be earning their money. It all depends on the age and stage of your company and what commitment and obligation you should have to giving back. Because we started from day one with the objective to have a social impact embedded throughout our... Okay, let's try that again. Embedded throughout our supply chain, we were able to weave that into all of our actions and our entire process. And as we grow, that culture and value grows with us. I've never heard of that book. So definitely going to look into that one. All right, number two on overcoming obstacles, recommended by Ryan Holmes of Hootsuite. And the book is The Long Walk, The True Story of a Trek to Freedom. And he says, is one of the most amazing heroic stories of this or any other time. It tells the story of author... (laughs) These names are going to get me today. Slavomir Wiggs. Oh my gosh. Wawrigs. R-A-W-I-C-Z. A Polish soldier. Alright, it's a Polish name. Who is imprisoned by the Soviets after World War II... To gain his freedom, Raix goes on a remarkable journey through the frozen Siberian tundra, the Gobi, Gobi Desert, the Himalayan mountains, and to India. The long walk is about everyday human struggle, overcoming obstacles, and achieving the impossible. That's why I keep 10 copies on my desk to give away at any moment. Wow, if Ryan Holmes gives away copies at any chance he gets i think i need to probably look into this book hopefully there's someone here that i've actually read (laughs) but if not it's always good to um, get new book recommendations all right this next one is on work-life balance which if you've listened to the podcast before you know i ask every single guest their thoughts on work-life balance so let's see this is recommended by julia hartz of the company eventbrite and the book is overwhelmed Work, Love, and Play When No One Has the Time by Bridget Schlu- OMG. Do all these authors just have difficult names? Schult. I almost said Schrut, like from The Office, Dwight Schrut, but it's definitely not Schrut. Schult? Schult? <laughs> Maybe this whole podcast is just going to be me mispronouncing names. I'm so sorry to all of these authors for butchering your names. Alright, it outlines the current issues around self-worth and approach to time, but also gender roles and pursuit of work-life balance. I was so moved by the book, which is chock full of supporting data points and useful reflections, that we had the author join the company to talk about her book via Google Hangout. That's pretty cool. This one sounds really good, something I definitely enjoy. On Unexpected Beauty is the next category, and it is recommended by Jeff Chapin of Casper. Side note, I've been wondering about these box mattress companies. There's a few of them. I know Casper is kind of one of the bigger 
first ones to do it. But have you heard of these companies? So what Casper is, and this isn't a sponsor or anything. Anyway, Casper is a mattress company, but the mattresses come to your house in a box. But not like a huge mattress size box, like a not too big box. And you bring it home, you open the box, and the mattress slowly inflates over like a day. And then it's a normal full-size mattress. And they have all different sizes from like twin to king. Isn't that crazy? Anyway, the book he recommends is The Tower and the Bridge. A professor of mine in college wrote it. David P. Billington. Finally, a name I can pronounce. When I started college, I was headed down the path of becoming a chemist. I'd always wanted to wear a lab coat and work in a lab, but when I read this book in my first year of college for a class about structural art, essentially the beauty found in architecture and engineering, it was so captivating I switched majors and pursued a civil engineering degree focused on structures. To this day, it's still a reference for me in my work, even though I've switched from structures to products and work on a much smaller physical scale. Very cool. Ooh, the next one is on positive thinking. Another one of my favorite topics. Recommended by Jessica DeLuo Heron um, of the company Stella and Dot. And the book is Positive Intelligence by Shirzard Shamin. It's one of the knowledge sources that affirmed for me that a positive mind is a powerful thing, not just for yourself, but for your team and the people around you. A positive mind isn't something where you figure out how to have it and you're set, where you figure, <laughs> where you figure out how to have it and you're set for good. I don't know why that was so difficult for me to say. Figure out how to have it and you're set for good. That's not a difficult thing to say. I'm not sure why I struggled on that. All right. It's like personal hygiene. You've got to keep it up every day. Okay. Positive intelligence. I am going to add this to my reading list. This sounds definitely like something I want to know more about because positivity and law of attraction is my jam. And I love how she described it of it being like personal hygiene because I always think of positive thinking that way that it has to be like become, it has to become a habit but, like, think of brushing your teeth. Like, we've done it so many days in a row during our life that it's, it's like, it just naturally happens every morning. But when we were a kid, we had to learn how to build that habit. And now it's second nature. And I think positive thinking is like that also. And if you haven't grown up doing it every day, which most of us haven't, especially if you're um, growing up in America. Um, I just mean... America has very high depression rates, um, and positivity isn't really at the top of everyone's to-do list. Um, it's, it's a habit you have to build, and I think you can build it, and it can become as simple as brushing your teeth, but it takes hard work. So, with all that said, I'm going to look into this book for myself. Alright, next up on perspective and perception. Um, recommended by Melissa Benichet. And her company is Baked by Melissa. Oh, I just listened to a podcast with her. Her company sounds really awesome. It's like bite-sized um, treats, like bakery treats. And so you can eat tons of yummy things and not feel guilty. Her book she recommends is 
Keith Richards' biography, followed by Mick Jagger's. I found them interesting because it's like I read the same story from different perspectives. It was great to see how two people experience the same exact thing and still have different perspectives, and they're both right. It was an eye-opening thing for me. In life, there are things you know and things you don't know, and for everything else, there are the doors of perception. Wow, that's an awesome quote right there. Cool. Um... I haven't really read anyone's biography. It could be kind of cool to start reading those just to learn more about people. All right. On managing a team. And this book was recommended by Dave Rosenko. Rosenko. Uh, with the company Weebly. And his book is The Rickover Effect by Theodore Rockwell about the nuclear bomb. He's a very controversial personality he was ahead of his time as far as management goes, and he had some really interesting thoughts on how to run an effective organization. It's more than a story. He provides compelling anecdotes and thoughts on how to get the best out of people. Next up on living your best life. Ooh, sign me up for this one. Um, Josh Reeves of the company Gusto recommends the book The Monk and the Riddle by randy commissar a professor of his at stanford the book is about the purpose of life through his own experience he brings up the idea of an extended life plan the concept that somehow people think we're going to do something now that might not be good but will enable us to do what we want in the future but that mindset replicated over time means you never get to live means you never get to living the life you want the main message is the journey itself matters. It's the best way to build the best future. Wow, I love that. And I am making sure I remember to look up the monk in the riddle. Sweet. Okay, on human nature. Jack Groetzinger of SeatGeek. His book is Influence, the Psychology of Persuasion by Robert... Chialdini, which talks about the way human beings are influenced in sort of non-logical or non-rational ways. It seems a little, oh my gosh, I know this word and I know I'm going to say it wrong. Machiavellian? I'm saying that wrong. When I'm reading it, I know the word. M-A-C-H-I-A-V-E-L-L-I-A-N. Me probably reading a spelling of a word um, through audio probably isn't the smartest thing I ever just did. <laughs> Machiavellian. I think that's really how you say it. Sorry for the spelling bee. Okay. It's the way you used to sell tactics to get people to comply with you, but I think that it can also be used for good. In the case of SeatGeek, figuring out how we can harness social psychology, human psychology, to allow people to do more stuff, have more fun, and go to more events very cool next up on human flaws Ooh, we all got some of those Erin Hitcher-Shorn Hershorn <laughs> Hersh Her Hershorn something like that with the company Dog Vacay I love books that help you understand or change your perspective on life on humanity on what it means to be a person on what it means to be an animal there are two books that I love, 
Life of Pi, where the main character grows up in a zoo and talks about what it means to be an animal in the wild and an animal in the zoo, and then he sort of experiences it on a journey. I just love the perspective on humanity there. The other one is The Art of Racing in the Rain, which is a book written from the perspective of a dog, and it just so it's just so pure and beautiful about how this dog views his owner. You get that the owner is a flawed human, but the dog doesn't see any of that. Oh, that sounds like one I'd really enjoy. I love dogs. They are so pure, aren't they? Unconditional love, completely. All right. On the power of introversion. Oh, sign me up for this. If you ever wondered why I chose to do a podcast opposed to any sort of other thing, it's because I'm so introverted. I want to talk to people, I want to have interesting conversations, but this way I can do it from the comfort and safety of my own room. (laughs) Alright, Angie Hicks from the company Angie's List. Her book is Quiet by Susan Cain. I'm an introvert and I just really related to it. I think a lot of time introverts, myself included, sometimes view it as kind of an impediment. I used to not consider myself an I used to not consider myself an entrepreneur. Even though I started a company, I didn't picture myself like that. I wasn't a big idea person. I'm not really charismatic. You kind of have to learn how to be successful in your own skin. And for me, it was leading by example and making sure that I balance my day in such a way that works for me. It was one of those books that affirmed kind of how I live my life and reminded me that there are a lot of people who go through this and it's about making sure that you get what you need. This is definitely another one I'm going to be putting on my book list. Um, I think sometimes as humans, we need some reassurance that there's nothing wrong with us and just learn how to um, be the best version of yourself that you can with the type of personality you have. Okay. On community, Whitney Wolf, yay, I love her, of the company Bumble. And the book is... Shantaram by Gregory David Roberts. What it made me realize was no matter who you are in life, where you come from, or where you live, everyone is fighting their own battle, and everyone's battle is equally important as the next. To each person, those are their problems, and they are more important than everyone else's. It changes the way you think about humanity and about the way society operates and treats each other. That sounds fascinating, and I will definitely add that one to my list as well. I mean, I'm adding all of these to my personal list, but there's definitely some that stand out more than others, and this is one of those. On guiding principles of innovation, Shanlin Ma of the company Zola, and the book is Merchant Princes by Leon Harris. It's about the families that built the great department stores. It's interesting to me because I've been thinking a lot about how the traditional department stores are struggling to survive. My thinking was that they hadn't innovated in a while, and that's why they were struggling. But what the book showed me was that they had endured so many retail trends over so many decades, and what's amazing is that they survive for as long as they have. It reinforced for me that retail and e-commerce always come back to the same principles, selection, convenience, and price. Next up, On Doing Good While Doing Good Business. Recommended by John Zimmer of Lyft. There are two books by Paul Hawken. One is called Ecology of Commerce and Natural Capitalism. I was interested in the environment and doing good, and I was also really interested in business. 
I struggled growing up thinking about how you can combine those two pieces. I think I considered them separate. I thought you either do good or you do business. Those books showed me that there are opportunities to do both and that business can be used to create a positive solution in the world. Absolutely agree with that. On building a cultural foundation. Amber Venn's uh, Reward Style. Yes, if you listen to the podcast, you know I have mentioned Reward Style multiple times. Um, it is the company that I want to go out on a limb here and say allows so many bloggers, specifically fashion bloggers, to make six figures plus. It's an amazing innovation. Basically, it's affiliate marketing um, geared more towards fashion bloggers. It's so cool. Okay, her book, uh, she says it's not actually a book, but Netflix's culture deck in the last year, we've doubled our team and will grow again this year. So culture and people have been a huge focus of ours. I found the deck timely and it answered all of the questions I've had about the foundations we had built, everything from our value system to how we reward people. On creativity, Jen Rubio with the company Away. And her book is Letters to a Young Poet by Rainer Maria Rilke. Rilke? <laughs> it had been a, a too, too many minutes since the last time I mispronounced a name. It is a collection of Rilke's, Rilke's correspondence to a young aspiring artist and offers candid thoughts on what it means to be creative. It's a little over route, but full of sage advice. Every time I've read it, new pieces of advice jump out at me depending on what's going on in my life and career. Oh my gosh, am I recording? Yes, I am. All right, that freaked me out for a second. All right, back to scheduled programming. <laughs> it like wasn't, the, the record thing wasn't moving and I got really nervous, but it was, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. On going beyond your comfort zone. Carrie Dorr of Pure Bar, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. It talks about how we all have internal limits and how operating in what they call your zone of genius helps you go beyond those limits. I believe we all have a calling and that book supports that theory. The zone of genius. I have heard a number of people talk about that. So I'm definitely be looking into this. I guess Gay Hendricks is who kind of came up with that in his book the big leap cool i'm definitely going to be circling back to this one on leading with your strengths randy zuckerberg of zuckerberg media me myself and us by dr brian little i struggled for a long time because i'm really an introvert but i have to act extrovertedly as I'm giving speeches or meeting with entrepreneurs. I felt very alone in the world, and then Dr. Little came out with this book about being pseudo-extrovert. And it was all about introverts that have to pretend to be extroverts for their business lives. It totally changed my life and opened up a whole world of thinking for me. The book said if you go out there and have to act extroverted, don't forget you're an introvert at the core, which means you're going to need to build in downtime to your schedule. Otherwise, you're going to burn out. We don't run on the same kind of social energy that extroverts do. So I know that if I have a day where I'm on camera or giving a talk, I'll actually build do not schedule blocks of time into my calendar. That's not something I would have done before his book, but it's something that's really effective in my business and personal life. That's awesome. I love how she explained that. Back to being an introvert. I think there's this big confusion on what an introvert and extrovert is. A lot of people think it has to do with um, 
like being outgoing and being quiet and shy. That's part of it. But the main thing that defines which one you are is energy. Do you get your energy from being alone and being um, quiet and reserved? Or does your energy come from being social and being around other people? And that's really where the difference is made. And so her example of like, after she does a big speech or a TV appearance, she has to have some downtime, some me time to kind of recoup her energy. Where someone who's extroverted, after that appearance or talk, they would feel so much more energized. They would feel so much more alive. That's really the main difference. Um, a lot of the times that's nothing to do with how quiet, shy, or loud and charismatic someone is. Someone can be super charismatic and loud but their energy is drained by social events and being around a lot of people and the opposite can be true also someone can be actually very quiet and shy but thrive off of group settings and being social so i just wanted to throw that in there because i find a lot of people actually um classify themselves one way when i would probably classify them in the other all right on problem solving tim chen of nerd wallet it isn't a book, but the Farman Street blog. The premise I love about this is that there's an underlying belief that there are mental models that dictate how the world works. I believe that all creativity and problem solving is a remix of other mental models. When I learn new ones that give an explanation about how some related but tangent but tang- tangential industry of field works, I often find going back to an unrelated problem and think about how to apply those concepts. On developing a value system, Katrina Lake of Stitch Fix. It's not about the coffee. Leadership principles from life at Starbucks by Howard Behar. I read it before I started Stitch Fix. It had a big impact on me and how I approached company culture. In Howard's book, he talks about how the company culture of Starbucks is one where he felt like he could be the same person at home and be the same person at work, and that the values were consistent in both worlds. That really resonated with me. I really wanted to create a workplace where people feel like they can be themselves and they can be their best selves. Very cool. On product design, Louis Van Aan of Duolingo. I've been wanting to try out Duolingo. If I'm remembering correctly, it helps you learn languages. And I mean, I did take Spanish in middle school and high school, but let's just say I can't really speak it. So I'd love to learn another language. All right, his book is The Design of Everyday Things by Don Norman. Before I read that book, I didn't pay a lot of attention to design. That book makes it clear when you don't understand something, it is because it is poorly designed, not because you aren't smart. Since then, I'm obsessed with how products are designed. Wow, I love that. Just because you don't understand something, wait, when you don't understand something, it is because it is poorly designed, not because you aren't smart. I wanted to say that again because I think that's brilliant. I think that's so true and I'm definitely going to be looking into this book because that's just fascinating to me and something more people need to um, realize. Okay, on disruption, Katie Rodan of Rodan and Fields. The book is The Innovator's Dilemma by Clayton Christensen. He coined the term disruptive innovation more than 20 years ago and wrote about how the little guy can shake up an entire industry. 
We encourage entrepreneurs to not only look for opportunities to disrupt, but once your business is established, think a step ahead to prepare for the next disruptive innovation that could threaten your company. On going your own way, Kara Golden of the company Hint, and her book is The Originals by Adam Grant. It confirmed what I knew and then some, that people aren't one-size-fits-all, entrepreneurs in particular. For example, just because someone doesn't quit their day job to launch an idea doesn't mean they aren't serious and the idea won't be successful. Amen, sister. I am a huge believer in the side hustle. So, yeah. Awesome. I agree, Kara. Or maybe it's Kara. Considering my track record with all these names, it's probably the opposite of what I said. (laughs) On the importance of incorporating emotion into your work. Bruce Poon Tip of G Adventures in the book he chose is The Art of Happiness by the Dalai Lama. It was an inspirational book to me because it was a turning point in my understanding that business isn't black and white. I was brought up being taught that business is unemotional, but the book taught me that business can be compassionate and social. That's a common thing to talk about now, but this was in the late 90s. Yeah, I definitely think the millennial businesses are a little bit more in tune with all of that. On debunking harmful myths, Jennifer Hyman of Rent the Runway. Book Expecting Better, Why the Conventional Pregnancy Wisdom is Wrong and What You Really Need to Know by Emily Oster. This book was a godsend during my pregnancy because it proved, no, because it provided data-based justification for why it was okay for me to continue to eat sushi and drink wine and consume caffeine, three things that I love and didn't want to give up for nine months. The author goes through every pregnancy myth one by one and uses her skills as an economist to debunk them. It's amazing how much misinformation there is about pregnancy and how many myths are still ingrained into our culture. All right, next up, um, focus on getting kids ready for the day. Nirav Tolia of the company Next Door, and the book he chose is The Lean Startup by Eric Rice. It's one of the foundations of how we started Next Door. My co-founders and I had been working on another company, and it wasn't going that well. One of the reasons is because we were always focused on trying to create the most perfect product and then releasing that to our members, when in reality, there is no perfect product. The perfect product is one that gets better over time, that takes advantage of iterations. The advantage of software is you can put it out there as quickly as possible, get feedback, and then make it better almost immediately. That was a mistake we had made at Fanbase. We tried to make it perfect. We spent 1.5 years working on it before realizing the first version of the service to our members. And at that point, we'd gotten a lot of things wrong. The Lean Startup is about a systematic mechanism to quickly build, test, iterate, and improve things. So that's the cost of getting something right goes down immensely because you're not putting so much out there and you're not taking so much time. You're trying as quickly as possible to respond to real user needs and it was and it was, it was a real, okay, he says was twice, <laughs> a real breakthrough for us. It was a different way of thinking. So in the article, they categorize this as focused on getting kids ready for the day. I'm not sure they quite put that with the right blurb, but that's all right. Going on. <laughs> on forgiveness. Christine Barberich of Refinery29. And the book is Hallelujah Anyway, Rediscovering Mercy by Anne Lamott. 
She touched on the importance of employing forgiveness and grace, especially during times of resistance, which is obviously very relevant right now with what's happening in the world. It was kind of a revelatory, revelatory point to make, especially with all of us being in a sort of major period of anger and rage. I think it was helpful to think about that and try to integrate it into my feelings about what's happening in the news. I think I could definitely benefit from this book personally. Um, I tend to take on a lot of empathy with the news lately and it does take a toll on me and I know it, it shouldn't and I should find a way to cope better. So this book seems like a great place to start with that. On letting go of resentments, Barbara Corcoran, yes, Shark Tank fans, anyone? Company Forefront Venture Partners book. Not a book, but a quote from Nelson Mandela. He said, Having resentment is like drinking poison and hoping your enemy dies. I thought, if he's not resentful, why would I be resentful? I saw the stupidness of that and dropped my resentment toward the person I was angry with. I love that quote. I always try to remember it. Um, I don't remember the first time I heard it. It was a lot. I feel like in middle school, it's the first time I heard that quote. And it's always stuck with me. I think it's such a good thing to remember. On overcoming obstacles and finding discipline. Tristan Walker of Walker and Company. The book is, he says, there are four books I've read recently that have really kind of changed my outlook. Pilgrim's Process by John Bunyan is about a family of faith that goes through all these different obstacles and makes it through to the end to meet their savior of sorts. Ben Franklin's autobiography is wonderful. It really showed me that the virtue and leader in learnedness can be learnedness learnedness yep can be practiced as long as you have the discipline to do it when i think about the autobiography of malcolm x the thing that's really interesting is a lot of folks paint this very negative picture of the man but i think he had some really forward-looking prophetic ideas on race in the country the bible it's a guide for me oh so i guess he's saying the bible is his last book recommendation okay gotcha on seeing the future. Payal Karakia. I feel bad because I've heard an interview with her too. And so I've heard her name been said before. But uh, I'm just butchering it. Her company is Class Pass. Her book is Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson. Jobs was a visionary leader who managed to create the future. I think that any entrepreneur can learn from Jobs' magical ability to combine business brilliance with creative genius. And I think that is the last one. We have reached number 30. Have you made it this far? That was kind of rough, right? <laughs> Me mispronouncing all the names. You know, it's fine. And I'm really trying not to edit these solo episodes very much. I just don't want to get in the habit of perfecting myself and creating a false image. Which, let me tell you, it's really hard not to re-record all the times I say a name wrong or ramble on about something that I think later is dumb. But you know what? I think it's really important, for me anyway, to be as authentic as I can on here and mispronouncing words and going on tangents and rants and rambling about random things. That's just who I am. And so that's who I'm going to be on here. Anyway, I hope you guys got some interesting ideas and added some things to your book list. Like I mentioned before, 
if you have a hard time reading, if you get kind of bored, tired reading, try Audible. It's so awesome. I think I pay maybe $15 a month and you get a free book a month and then you get a discount on books the rest of the month. So it's so worth it. And I'm sure I could try to find some sort of discount code for the podcast, but I didn't do that. So I know that if you just go to audible.com, you can have your first month free. So just go do that. Just try it out and let me know what you think. And let me know if you try out any of these books, if you've read any of these books, let me know. I would love to hear from you. Along those lines, it would mean the world to me if you left a review and rated this podcast in the um, Apple Podcasts app. It means a lot and it goes a long way in just taking a little bit of time to do that. So I'd really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I think that's all I have for you today. And I appreciate you so, so much for listening. Like I said, probably another solo episode next week. But then the interviews are back and they're going to be amazing. I'm talking to, let me give you a little sneak peek. I'm going to be talking to um, an MLM millionaire. Um, an awesome woman who has made her dreams come true through a multi-level marketing business. And then after that, or before that, I'm not sure when I'm going to schedule them to come out, but I'm also going to be talking to a YouTuber. I'm so excited to have the first YouTuber on the podcast. So that's what we have to look forward to. Thank you again so, so much for listening. You don't understand how much it means to me that you take time out of your day to hear my voice <laughs> is kind of crazy to me and super awesome. And I love you so much, even if we've never met. All right. I think I'm done now. Okay. Bye. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you love this episode and you know of someone whose entrepreneurial story should be shared or a topic you want me to talk about, please send them my way. I want to spread this cause and message to as many listeners as I can. And if you liked what you heard today, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds to leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I will be so forever grateful. The best way to never miss an episode is to hit subscribe wherever you are listening. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Wi-Fi Work Ethic and turn on your post notifications to never miss when we announce a new episode. You can find an archive of all of our episodes at themillennialmarketplace.com. And until the next episode, stay humble and hustle hard, my friends. Bye.